Welcome back. We'll start with chapter 8 in class 6 history. Now this chapter talks about Ashoka, the emperor who finally gave up war. Before we start with Ashoka, we'll start with how the Mauryan dynasty worked. So the first of the major rulers under Mauryan dynasty was Chandragupta Maurya. He was succeeded by his son Bindusara who was finally succeeded by his son Ashoka. So in this class we would later on focus on Ashoka. For now let's understand the Maurya dynasty, uh, dynasty as such and a little about Chandragupta Maurya. So Chandragupta Maurya was supported by his uh, uh, vice person or the key man who was Chanakya. The other name for Chanakya was Kautilya and he wrote the book which was known as Arthashastra. Under Arthashastra, he explained the various techniques to fight war. Again, under Arthashastra, he explained India as divided under Northwest and South. So, in Northwest, he explained it's mainly the blankets that are common, and in South, uh, South India, it's mainly the gold and the precious stones that are uh, important. So, that was what Chanakya explained in his book Arthashastra. Now, when we talk about Chandragupta Maurya, he was the first emperor who started the Magadha dynasty. So, in this map, you can see the hierarchy in the development of the Magadha, uh, the Mauryan dynasty. So, this was the initial Magadha that could be seen under Chandragupta's contest, uh, conquest. This was the area of northern India that became part of the Mauryan dynasty. When Chandragupta defeated the uh, Alexander and Seculars. So, you have the parts of uh, the present Pakistan which became part of the, uh, the empire or the dynasty of Chandragupta. Later on, he conquested the southern India, parts of southern India and finally under the uh, Ashokan uh, empire, under Ashoka, the parts of Kaling in Odisha and southern India came under Mauryan dynasty. So, that was the final map or the final extent we can say of the Mauryan dynasty. So, it is it not only covers the present day India but rather the Indian subcontinent. So, that was the expanse of Chandragupta and uh, Ashoka during the time of Ashoka. And finally, this map shows the, the mark those marked in the blue reveals the uh, conquest areas of Chandragupta and those in the southern India are parts of the Ashokan Empire. Now the next one is the map for the Mauryan dynasty as we said that most of the Indian subcontinent became part of the uh, conquest of Mauryan dynasty. Now we have three things that we have underlined here Takshila, Ujjain and Patliputra. Now Patliputra was the main capital of the Mauryan dynasty. Since Patliputra was the capital the region near Patliputra was ruled by the emperor itself. The area under Mauryan dynasty was so huge that it was difficult to be ruled from a single seat. Therefore, Takshila and Ujjain became the provisional capitals. So, these two were the provisional capitals. And why were these important? That is again very important to understand. Takshila was important because it was a connecting link from Central Asia. So, it was one of the major centers which became the connecting link of India from Central Asia and Ujjain was a provisional capital because it was a connecting link between the North India and the South India. 
So therefore, Takshila and Ujjain came up as provisional capitals and you have Patliputra which was the capital. Now Patliputra as we said, the regions near Patliputra were under the direct control of the emperor. So these were, I could say in simple terms, the best ruled of areas. So officials were at high alert. There were spies behind the officials to see their day-to-day -day work. Army was maintained in huge number. Again, when uh, Ashoka adopted the Buddhism, there were various Buddhist sites that came up. Some of the important ones were Sarnath, Sachi, Bodhgaya and Barbar Caves. So these were some of the major Buddhist sites which came up. Now, uh, there were a lot of work in field of road uh, rivers. So basically the focus was transportation. So if there is good transportation, good communication links, they could have more conquest and expand their territory to more, uh, more huge areas or cover more areas in simple terms. Now, Mauryan dynasty is known as an empire. It is not known as a kingdom. So what is the difference between kingdom and an empire? Empire is ruled by an emperor and it is much larger in contrast to a kingdom. Now when we say it's much larger, it's larger in terms of the resources that it has. It is larger in terms of the area. It maintains a much bigger army and collects much higher taxes as compared to the uh, kingdom. Now when we say tax, again there was tribute that was common under the Mauryan period. So what is the difference between tax and a tribute? So tax is something that is levied either monthly, quarterly, uh, semi-annually or annually and it's the fixed amount that a person has to pay or a fixed proportion that he has to pay. Tribute on the other hand is a willing contribution that a person does and this contribution could vary in amount, could vary in things. So there is kind of variety of coverage under a tribute and tribute is something that a person willingly offers to the empire. So that was the basic difference between tribute and tax during that time. Now, uh, Seculus who was one of the Greek leaders or the Greek kings, he had an ambassador who was known as Megasthenes. Now Megasthenes has been important in Indian history because Megasthenes has written a lot about Indian history. When he first visited India, he wrote about two basic things of the Mauryan Empire or the Mauryan period. He wrote about the Mauryan king and he wrote about the city of Patliputra. When he was explaining the Mauryan king, he explained the grandeur of the Mauryan period, the Mauryan kings, how they used to live, uh, the palaces, the forts built during that time. They were all made of wood with stone carvings. Again, he explained that there was uh, huge chances that someone could kill a king. Therefore, every food that was offered to the king was tasted prior to being offered to the king by the servants. Again, he never, the king never used to sleep in the same room for more than two days. That was a means of again a security measure. When it comes to Patliputra, he said the whole city was surrounded by wall with nearly 570 towers and 64 gates. As we said that the palace was made of wood and most of the major buildings were again made of wood. There were ample of gardens. Now Romila Thapar in his book explains the uh, statements by Megasthenes where, where she says that there are seven castes 
which were divided based on the occupation during the Mauryan period and those were philosophers who were exempted from paying any taxes farmers, soldiers, herdsmen, artisans, magistrates and counselors. So these were the major occupations during that time. Now let's come on to the major topic for today that's Ashoka. Now Ashoka is known for its for being the first person to have written inscriptions. Now his inscriptions were written mainly in Prakrit which was written in the script which was known during that time as Brahmi. So Brahmi script and this was later on deciphered uh, after may, many years by James Princip. So James Princip was the uh, first person who deciphered, deciphered the Ashokan inscriptions. Now Ashokan inscriptions were written in rocks, pillars and there are many other edicts uh, that are seen for Ashoka. Now the most important part of Ashoka's life was the war that he fought at Kaling. Now Kaling war was a kind of landmark in the history of the world because it was a kind of unbeatable conquest that Ashoka had done and he finally won the war but after the war he realized that there was lot of bloodshed. There were nearly 1.5 lakh people who died, 1.5 lakh people who were injured. So more, and more or less there was a kind of tragic history of nearly 3 lakh people at that time that was seen during the Kaling war. There were many Brahmins and monks that died during the war. As a result, Ashoka realized that there need to be some other way to achieve or to conquest and therefore he realized a new path which was known as Dhamma. So Dhamma is a Prakrit word for the Sanskrit word which is Dharma. So he followed or he preached another uh, kind of method to conquest and that was dharma or through uh, the good sake that a person can do. He was the only king who gave a conquest even after winning a war. So that's again a kind of landmark in the history. Now there are main various pillars that are being found from the Mauryan period. One of these is found in the Rampurva in Bihar which is now a part or which has now been established in the Rashpati Bhavan in India. Now when Ashoka explained his dharma or the dharma, he explained there is no god or no sacrifice, it's everything is human deed. So ultimately karma is the main thing and what he taught his subjects should be preached to other generations. He saw a lot of distress around himself. So he saw families who are uh, having quarrels among themselves. Then he saw animal sacrifices being taking place. He saw that slaves are being ill-treated. And all these things ultimately changed his heart. He was in inspired by Buddha and he appointed, appointed Dhamma Mahamata. That is the uh, person who would preach the teachings of Buddha and uh, would establish or would spread the uh, Buddhism along. So all his messages, all his teachings regarding the dharma or the non-violence, uh, compassion towards other animals, respect towards animals, treating all creature, uh, creatures at an equal level were some things that were embedded as messages on rocks and pillars. He sent people far and wide across the world to Syria, Egypt, Greece and Sri Lanka for spreading the concept of dharma and spreading ultimately spreading the Buddhism. He also helped people with medical treatments and providing housing facilities. 
Now, what was next after the Mauryan dynasty is something that is very, very important. Now, we saw during the Mauryan period, it was nearly whole of the Indian subcontinent, which was part of the Mauryan dynasty. But this did not remain uh, later on after the Mauryan dynasty vanished off. After the Mauryan dynasty collapsed around 2000 and 200 years ago, there was a brief or an intermittent period of Indo-Greeks in North India. These Indo-Greeks remained for nearly 100 years. So right now we are talking about Northwest India. So uh, Northwest India, you have the Greco-Bacterian kingdom as you can see here. And there were Indo-Greeks for nearly 100 years. These Indo-Greeks were succeeded by Shakas who ruled for nearly 400 years. After Shakas, were, they were defeated by Gupta Empire. So you had Guptas that came up and you had the Kushwanas that came up in the Northwest. Coming on to the North and the Central India, Mauryan dynasty was succeeded by Pushpamitra Shunga who was the propounder of the Shunga dynasty. So you have this Shunga dynasty as you can see here. So this was the part which was North India and Central India. So Mauryan dynasty was succeeded by the Shunga empire. This Shunga empire was later on succeeded by Kanavs and finally to Guptas. So that was something or uh, the rule that occurred in the Central and the Northern India. Coming on to the uh, Western parts, you have Shakas which were followed by the Satvanas. So you have the Satvana kingdom or the Satvana empire that could be seen here. And these Satvanas ruled for nearly 400 years and finally these Satvanas were succeeded by Vakatakas. Sorry, Vakatakas. So you have, after Satvana you have the Vakatakas here. And finally comes the South India. In the South India, the Mauryan Empire was further succeeded by three kingdoms which were known as Chola, Chera and Pandya. However, later on these three were further succeeded by Pallavas and Chalukyas. So as you can see, whole of the India was broken down into smaller and smaller empires and kingdoms and never again in the history there was such a huge empire that revived back. So, these were some of the major things that occurred. Now, when we are talking about the Mauryan dynasty in India, before the Mauryan dynasty, as we see in all of the chapters in the NCRT, towards the end you have a kind of international event that is highlighted. So, before the Mauryan history, there was a similar uh, happening in the world scenario and that was the building up of the Great Wall of China which was nearly 2400 years ago. Now contrary to what Ashoka did, uh, China was trying to protect itself from the attacks of the Mongols from the north. As a result, they built up the Great Wall of China which is nearly 6400 kilometers long and has watchtowers at nearly every 100 and 200 kilometers. In addition to that, there were it took nearly 200 years uh, 2000 years to shift the various boundaries of the Great Wall of China and the frontiers got shifted at various points in time with the different empires that came into power. We will be talking more about this when we will be working around the topics on world history. With this we covered the chapter 8 of NCRT class 6. We will be covering more topics in the further lectures. Till then stay tuned. Have a good day ahead.